you know, we hit the pavement, so to speak, on fleshing out that MVP. And what's kind of fascinating is that the, the initial approach we thought we were taking towards building this company was fixing that consumer problem. Me as a consumer, I wanted a much easier way to book appointments. And so that was day one, what we started focusing on. And quickly we realized that it's actually not possible for that customer app to exist in today's world because none of the backend solutions that salons and spas use is powerful enough to power that type of experience. My name is Sean Stavropoulos, and I'm a co-founder and the CTO at Boulevard. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries, who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Laphart, and today how Sean Stavropoulos built the platform for you to manage your appointment-based, self-care-based business. All this and more on Code Story. Sean Stavropoulos grew up in Southern California, His journey to technology started in seventh grade when he started programming for fun in Visual Studio, breaking his friends' computers along the way. He studied aerospace engineering in college, but enjoyed tech and programming way more and joined the LA development community 12 years ago. Outside of tech, he plays beach volleyball, hikes, and enjoys little vacations here and there. Sean and his co-founder had an idea to build a modern appointment scheduling solution specifically for salons and spas, so-called self-care businesses, traditionally underserved. They interviewed owners and built and built until they had a solution to power a six-person salon. This is the creation story of Boulevard. So Boulevard, we describe as a client experience platform built for appointment-based self-care businesses. You know, really at the end of the day, we provide all types of technology solutions to business owners and professionals so that they can run an appointment-based business. So that includes things like online scheduling, text messaging, credit card processing, commission calculation for your stylists, inventory management for your products that you sell. The list goes on and on. But really, it's all the the tooling that you would need to effectively run an appointment-based business all all wrapped up into one nice package called Boulevard. And why did we start this? That's a really fascinating story. You know, it all started from my own frustrations as a consumer having to call my hair salon to book an appointment. Right around the time when Uber came out and Postmates was blowing up, everything in my life is trending towards more convenient experiences for me as a consumer. And yet when I wanted to book a haircut, I still had to call my hair salon. And that fundamentally was a, you know, hashtag first world problem, but it was something that stood out to me as different than what most of these other industries are moving towards and wanted to figure out why. And then conveniently, when my last software company that I was working at went through an acquisition, things were a little slower and timing wise, this problem that I had been discussing with my co-founder presented an opportunity for us to really go in and, and dive in and solve it. And the more we learned, the more we met with business owners, the more we convinced ourselves that, hey, there's there's a real opportunity here to provide modern technology to solve this, what is not a new problem. But we felt like we had the skills to actually make a difference here. And that was about seven years ago. 
Tell me about the MVP, so that first product you built. How long did it take you to build, and what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? So about 2015 was when you know, we hit the pavement, so to speak, on fleshing out that MVP. And what's kind of fascinating is that the, the initial approach we thought we were taking towards building this company was fixing that consumer problem that I mentioned. It's like me as a consumer, I wanted a much easier way to book appointments. And so that was day one, what we started focusing on and figuring out how are we going to solve it. And quickly we realized that it's actually not possible for that customer app to exist in today's world because none of the backend solutions that salons and spas use is powerful enough to power that type of experience. And so we came to the conclusion that if we want a greater customer experience to exist, we had it, we had to begin by providing better software directly to the businesses. And then MVP shifted immediately to, all right, let's provide technology for salons and spas to use. And then we quickly realized that what we thought was an MVP was far insufficient. We tried as hard as we could to avoid building credit card processing and avoid building shift management. We wanted to be laser focused on how do we just provide the best scheduling experience? Nothing else matters. But after talking to more and more businesses and discussing how this would work in reality, we convinced ourselves that it's not possible for that tool to exist in isolation. And that if we wanted to be the best at scheduling, we necessarily had to also be the best at everything else or include baseline levels of functionality so that they can do a time clock, they can do payments. If your credit card processor was separate from your schedule, nothing added up at the end of the day. How much money your schedule said you make would be different than what your credit card machine told you you made. And the MVP for Boulevard was essentially managing all of the operations of a small six-person hair salon here in Santa Monica, California, where we started. I said we started in about 2015 and we had our first paying customer in about early 2017. So it took a good year and a half for us to get to a place where Boulevard was full featured enough to actually run a six person hair salon. And from then we, we just kept setting our eyes and focus on that next target customer and how are we going to get bigger and bigger and work closely with that next customer to bring their challenges to reality. When you're building an MVP, let's let's stick on that for a minute. When you're building an MVP, you've got to make decisions and trade-offs about, you know, feature cut or feature focus, tech debt, you know, the tools you're using, those things. Tell me about some of those you had to work through, or maybe the biggest one you had to work through and how you coped with those decisions. I mean, there's no no denying that software development is all about trade-offs. You know, we want to build a massive city, but we only have enough money or time or resources to build one house. I mentioned that even the idea, the entire idea and premise of Boulevard as a company changed from consumer to business early on. But on the tech side, I think one of the driving factors early on is to embrace nimbleness in our development cycle. I'm a firm believer that the only certainty in building a product is that things will change. Change is the only certainty. Where I think we excelled and and did well early on is taking small bite-sized changes, iterating rapidly, getting something out there, getting feedback without working through making it perfect on day one. Like learn, and then you can reinvest and solidify and make things sound. And so I think we just had a really nimble approach in the early days that enabled us to 
gather feedback quickly and iterate rather than making big bets and, and hoping they pay off. Second, I'd say for us in particular, in the early days, any appointment-based business that made eye contact with us, we'd try to sell. And you know, really over time, having us hone in on who the ideal customer is that we're building for was really important. You know, I'd say that there were there were some really difficult decisions early on on is this really the right customer? Some of their challenges align with what we're solving, but not all of them. And some partners I think we chose prematurely or maybe shouldn't have chosen at all that could have detracted us from achieving our complete vision as a company earlier, but I'd say the trade-offs we we made around which partners do we really want to work with, which ones should we avoid was something that you know, to this day is still a work in progress on honing. So you got your MVP, it's working, it's powering that six person salon. How, how did you progress the product and mature it from there? And I'm curious about that process and how you went about building your roadmap and deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing to build with Boulevard. You know, I feel like in many ways, the product has been pulled from our hands by our customers in the industry. This is a very established industry that has been around for a very long time, and they know generally what's holding them back, where they've spent a lot of time, what's going to make the biggest impact. And for us to sell into an established industry, like we had to, we had to have compelling reasons why they should switch. Certainly the breadth and complexity of our customers and really listening to them has driven the roadmap. Uh, but since we started in hair salons, I'd say that the the focus of expanding and building the product has to go has been to threefold. It's one, how can we go deeper within the customers that that we serve today? So how can we be undoubtedly the best platform for hair salons? Number one. Number two is how can we expand the types of customers that we become best in class for? So as an example, we're not great for hotel spas today. If you are a spa in a hotel, you often need to be able to do room charges back to the customer. You need to integrate with the hotel's PMS software. And we recognize that it's not the best use of our time today to go really hard at that market because we're not going to excel. Expanding that ideal customer profile over time is second to our roadmap and, and how we can drive the most value. And then third would be expansion into new products. So we've proven that we can build really great scheduling tools, business management tools, and we have now released up to this point a few new add-ons and new things that our customers can buy and get value from. So more marketing tools, more commission calculation and payroll offerings. And, and so the product today has really progressed to what are those biggest pain points that this type of, of appointment-based customer has on a day-to-day -day basis and how can we make their lives easier and be that central hub that can integrate with all these other software tooling that they need to run their operations effectively. Okay, let's switch to team. So how did you go about building your team and what did you look for in those people to indicate that they are the winning horses to join you? I'm proud to say our leadership team today is built squarely with people who've done the job before. Uh, you know, there are certain roles and positions within the company that hiring really strong candidates who we have confidence can learn and do the job will be okay. But in the early roles and leadership positions at Boulevard, we certainly over-indexed the people with direct and relevant experience. Like it's it's not a, a leap of creativity to see, can they apply the skills they had in their previous job and, and learn how to do it here? It was more, we want to bring someone in who has undoubtedly done this before, whether it's 
senior engineering roles or head of sales roles or marketing roles. It's, you know, it's over-indexing on people that have with certainty done that type of job before. I'd say was the driving force. We didn't want to have too much experimentation and trial and error in the early days. It's like we wanted to bring people in that could just make it happen and and pulled from direct experience at their prior roles. So bringing talent acquisition in-house early, you know, and this is a, a fun story where you know, our investors at the time questioned whether we needed in-house talent acquisition so early in our company's lifetime. And after seeing the value and seeing how much focus that brings to our team and, and the benefits of hiring such a strong team early, they now recommend that style of talent acquisition in-house early to many of their other portfolio companies. Our team is also wildly humble. We look for people who genuinely treat our customers with respect and enthusiasm and align as much as possible with, with our customers and the struggles that they have. So I'm happy that our leadership team and our company as a whole has looks up and, and respects the community that we build software for more than anything. Let's dive into scalability then. So was this built to scale efficiently from day one? So that six person salon you were supporting, or have you been finding this as you grow in any capacity and scaling could be technology or it could be people. I'd say both. Some areas we built for scale out of the gate. Some areas we've learned as we've grown and, and certainly hit some, some challenging roadblocks. The few things that we decided to focus on early were things that we felt would be really hard to change down the road. So for example, even though our MVP customer was a single location, small salon in Santa Monica, all of the underpinnings of the software we built for multi-location national chains out of the gate. So on day one of our product, for example, we supported the notion and the data modeling for what a national 100 plus location chain would need. And so that type of example of jumping up in complexity in your product from like a small location, single location to a large national chain. That was something that I didn't feel confident we'd be able to make down the road without spending an exorbitant amount of time on. It's easier to make some of those early data model changes at the beginning rather than having to iterate on some of those over time. And so, you know, I think that when it came to proper data modeling to help our product represent the real world in as effective a way as possible. We tried not to make too many sacrifices on data model in the early days, and I think those paid off dramatically. Some of the areas that I would say on the flip side have presented scaling challenges have more often than not been areas where we made concessions on those data models early on. So for example, I mentioned at the beginning of Boulevard, it wasn't the goal of us to have be a full point of sale system. Again, we were trying to focus on scheduling. And so not all of the point of sale and checkout experiences were as thoughtfully designed from the outset as I wish they would have been, because that was something that we backed into over time, not necessarily had the intention from the beginning to get there. And so that would be one area. Everything related to point of sale experience is something that we've now had to spend more time and energy refactoring and overhauling rather than had we had that foresight early on that we are going to become a full-blown point-of-sale system, we would have approached some things quite differently, I'm sure. Okay, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? 
We have a product here that now makes the lives of over 20,000 professionals and service providers and business owners easier. It's harder and harder these days to run an appointment-based business. You have to be efficient. You have to be investing in technology. You can't have an army of front desk receptionists managing everything. It's just not, not economical to do so. We are helping business owners modernize and run more efficiently. And, and I love that. Uh, and then the execution against that mission, I'm so proud of. You know, Boulevard in its current state is now a, a living, breathing company that's bigger than any one person. To know that this company, which began as an idea seven years ago, has grown to over 200 employees and will continue to exist and grow without any one person, I think is really incredible to see. And, and what more could you ask for? Let's flip the script a little bit. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. Going back to that customer profile, you know, in the early days, we signed up businesses, exotic race car driving studios, nationwide float tank franchises, and everything in between. And at the time, it wasn't as obvious to us, like, what are really the differences and nuances between these industries? You know, why is a schedule for one industry not exactly the same as scheduling for another. As we learned more, I think we, we certainly signed up some customers that we didn't do the best service to. And likewise, they were often a distraction for our, our team. It took us a while to recognize that and to have the courage to break up with a partner or a customer that you have. But I think every time that our team came to the conclusion that, hey, this customer might not be the best for us and we might not be the best for them, I think is a really humbling and growth-oriented mindset to have. And so the times and the, some of the decisions that were really hard at the time, in hindsight, have always been the right ones. And so don't be afraid to break up with customers that you learn you might not be the best fit for over time, uh, as long as you feel like that's going to give you the focus that you need to continue to grow. So what does the future look like for the product and for your team? Since our product is that operating system of the salon and spa, like we're fully embracing that. You know, I very much I look up to companies like Shopify as an example that you know have become integral to the e-commerce experience. If you're going to start an e-commerce brand today, you'll probably use Shopify. They've they've made it incredibly simple to customize to your own business's nuance, and, and that's sort of the parallel that we look for in the the appointment based space. We are expanding our developer centers, our APIs. We're integrating with more solutions. For us to really be that central operating system is core to our mission. And so lots of ancillary products from better phone systems and caller ID tracking all the way through to making payroll really, really straightforward you know, are all areas that I'm excited to be able to solve for our customers. And for our team, you know, we've got a world-class engineering product design sales team. Like our entire team is incredible and I'm excited to be able to continue to grow all of them and make Boulevard a really exciting place to work. Okay, Sean, who influences the way that you work? Name a person or many persons or something you look up to and why. You know, one thing that I've that has always resonated with me a little bit is uh, a quote that went something along the lines of you're you're the average of all the people who surround you. Everyone I spend time with on a regular basis, in and out of work, bring joy and positive influence to my life in some way or another. 
I look up to the people I surround myself with, and I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's something that drives me, and you know, I couldn't be more thrilled to have such positive influences all around my life. I, I do look up to our CEO. I think he's incredibly smart and wildly diverse. You know, he'll build a sales commission plan in one meeting, iterate on the financial plan in the next, wordsmith a press release, and then do product designs in the evening. Like it's the guy is a jack of all trades and, and somehow has mastered many of them. In the early days, the thought of, well, I wonder which one of us two co-founders is going to be the CEO. Like that thought maybe crossed my mind for five seconds before I fully accepted and knew that he would be a far better candidate for that for that role. So more than anything, I look up to the people I spend a lot of time with. Okay, we talked about a mistake earlier, but this is a little different spin. Maybe it applies, but let's see where you go with it. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do different? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? Doesn't have to be a mistake. Doesn't have to be something that went wrong. But maybe you tweak it. I believe that we've had very little waste in software development for the most part. I'm proud that we we haven't released any major products that flopped, that people didn't use, that we threw away or completely changed course on. Like for the most part, we've had little waste. But I'd say areas today where I do see the most tech debt, or I do see the most investment still needed to like bring them up to par, are those areas that we didn't flush out well enough in the early days. Things like our commerce engine is probably the biggest example internally of, of some somewhere that really needs some upkeep. So, as an example, everything from you know, I wasn't a retail point of sale expert in the early days. You know, I, I thought I knew how to calculate sales tax properly. Turns out I didn't. You know, as we learned and as things grew, and we found all these edge cases with well, how do surcharges and, and certain discounts factor into taxes, it became quite messy. And so that's an area that we we had to spend a lot of time overhauling, rather than bringing in an expert or vetting some of the early decisions we're making with those who have the expertise to give you a proper answer. I think is important. Another example is our reporting infrastructure has turned out to be wildly complex.、Uh, I think we underestimated just how nuanced being able to provide full business operational reporting on would be in the early days, and as a result, that's another area that we're. I wish I had approached a little bit differently in the early days. You live and learn, and and none of these are going to take Boulevard down. That's for sure. Last question, Sean. So you're getting on a plane, and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world, and can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person, having gone down this road a bit? First and foremost, don't don't try to go down that journey alone. Surround yourself with people you respect, people you look up to, people you'll you'll learn from along the way. Building Boulevard has been long and arduous. If you were to have asked us in the early days how how long we thought it would take to get to our first million dollars of credit cards processed and get to our first thousand customers, we would have underestimated those timelines over and over again. So, really, more than anything, find a way to enjoy the journey because that journey is almost certainly going to take a little bit longer than you initially expect. So, don't fixate too much on the end goal. Just enjoy the journey and surround yourself with incredible people. That's fantastic advice. Well, Sean, thank you for being on the show today, and thank you for telling the creation story of Boulevard. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Labhart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. 
And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.